0: Hey everyone, this is Ashley Menzies-Babatunde, your host and resident storyteller, and welcome to another episode of No Straight Path, the highs, the lows, and the lessons learned. No Straight Path is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. We are digging into the human stories behind success, and my hope, as always, is that you leave the conversation inspired, motivated, and excited about your journey. Hey friends, hey, I hope you're all well. I celebrated my birthday last week. Actually, it's been a celebration for about two or three weeks now, and I'm 34. And around my birthday, I like to revisit my journal and do a reflective exercise that helps me make sense of my past and take the lessons learned to inform my future. So, last year, I wrote a blog post with 33 lessons for 33 years of life. And this year, I am going to share some lessons learned from my journey thus far. Now, I'm not doing 34 lessons, that is a lot, (laughs) but I am going to share five. We're going to talk about mindset, envy, purpose, authenticity, and kindness, and we're going to go into depth with lots of little stories and examples to help provide context. Right now, I am in a really beautiful space. I actually feel older and wiser. On my birthday, people would ask me if I felt older, and I'd say, no not really just grateful to be here but i've experienced a lot of growth over the past couple of years and i feel the inner peace that i've always wanted and my peace and joy aren't tied to my circumstances to the way things look on the outside it's just about how i feel on the inside And I was having a conversation with my dad and I told him that I feel like I'm living in alignment with my authentic self. And that just feels so good. And first off, when I said that to him, he looked so confused. He was like, what is this little girl talking about? (laughs) Alignment, authentic self. Like I could just see his brain turning, the wheels turning. But once I explained it to him, then he understood and I actually want to dedicate this episode to my dad. So if you are listening to this podcast because you met my dad somewhere in LA and he told you all about his daughter who has a podcast, then thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in. He is the unofficial CMO of No Straight Path. Love his marketing. Could have been a second career. <laughs> but on a more serious note, I'm dedicating this episode to my dad because he's incredible and he just comes up a lot in this episode. I didn't plan it that way. I think it's simply reflective of how much he means to me. And I wouldn't be here without his love and support. So dad, this is dedicated to you. Thank you for raising me for 34 years. Yes, I feel like you're still kind of raising me in ways. (laughs) So after I told my dad about living in alignment with my values and my authentic self, he said that he was proud and I feel really proud, too. It's been a journey to get here, to say I know who I am, where I want to go, and feel confident that I'll get there, and really to just feel happy with where I'm at right now. You know, one guest said it, our very first guest, Michelle O'Demiguet, the CEO of Achievement Network, and my good friend, who I'm actually going to see this weekend, but she said, success is not a destination and I agree. It's about the way that you're living your life now. And that feels really good to be really happy with how you're living your life. And it feels very empowering. And as many of you know, I'm very passionate about centering our humanity, figuring out ways to live a life well lived, a successful life based on our own definitions. So my hope is that These lessons help you work to achieve your version of success as you work towards living a life that is reflective of who you are and reflective of your hopes and your dreams. And so I had a lot to say. We go back to past guests and we reflect on particular insights. And so this is a two part episode series. So I'm excited for part one of the conversation. So let's get to it. Okay, number one, mindset is half the battle. So mindset comes up a lot in the conversations we've had thus far. Having a growth mindset, it's invaluable. Carol Dweck, the psychologist who coined the term, notes that in a growth mindset, people believe that their most basic abilities can be developed through dedication and hard work. Brains and talent are just the starting point. This view creates a love of learning and a resilience that is essential for great accomplishment. And I couldn't agree more with this statement. As a lawyer, I'd have to learn about new industries. I was often familiar with the industry, but a growth mindset, it helped me become an expert in things that I didn't even know existed or building out the podcast business. At first, it was a bit intimidating because I felt like I was learning a new language, As soon as I changed my mindset, reminded myself that I learn new industries all the time for my legal practice, and became curious and excited about learning more about the podcasting and marketing world, I increased my knowledge and my skill set, and I just feel confident and really competent in this space now. I know what I'm doing, and if I don't know, I know I'll figure it out. Having a growth mindset has even helped me overcome my perfectionist ways and just enjoy life more. So I'll share a quick story that happened recently. I was actually at Disneyland with my cousins. My cousins are obsessed with Disney. Yes, they are grown adults just like me. And my cousin Erica is actually a Disney influencer. So she gets sponsored to go to Disneyland and post content. I know, right? Very incredible. (laughs) Very cool side hustle. I'm actually going to link her IG in the show notes if you are a Disney enthusiast as well. But yeah, so we're at Disneyland celebrating her birthday, and we decided to do a sketching activity. So there's a sketch class at California Adventure where you do a guided sketch of a Disney character. So when they suggested it, I said, sure, that sounds fun. And they both looked at me with a bit of hesitation and surprise, and I just knew what they were thinking. I am not an artist, and growing up, I didn't like doing things I wasn't good at. I was a perfectionist. I'd get easily frustrated when things didn't come out right. And they're both the artists of the family. They actually paint and they draw in their free time. So I knew objectively their drawings would come out better than mine, but I thought, who cares? This will be fun. I'll just do my best. And so that's what I did. And I went in thinking I could actually do it. And I did. I was impressed with my drawing. They were too. And I'll admit that when I did see their drawings, they were definitely better than mine, but that's okay. If I'd gone into the exercise trying to be perfect and worried that their drawings would be better than mine, it would have just ruined the entire experience. And it probably wouldn't have come out as nice as it did. So having a growth mindset helped me enjoy the experience. And enjoying the experience and having a positive approach is just so helpful. It really is life changing. Former guest Jelani Jenkins, CEO of Postseason, talked about the power of the mind during our conversation earlier this year, and having a growth mindset helped him transition from NFL player to startup founder.
1: When I went through my transition out of sports and I got reconnected with the idea of like connecting with the power of the mind and healing that inner athlete, it allowed me to review like what made me great as an athlete and I I was able to pinpoint like oh it was the teaching that I got at a young age about the power of my mind and how I use that to really put myself above a lot of the competition and so I started reading a bunch of books and like really got passionate again about tapping into like what does that mean the power of the mind how do I tap back into that and that made me read this book called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins who you might have heard of You're a runner. Yeah, Yeah, David Goggins. And I ran my first marathon in like 10 weeks of reading that book because the whole book is about like reaching into your mind and extracting even more than you even thought you were capable of. And I wanted to do that in order to like prove to myself that I was able to help others tap into the power of their mind. So how that like kind of gets me to where I'm at today, I initially wanted to help athletes who were in a particular space as I was in. Really overcome a lot of their limitations mentally, a lot of their blockages mentally, and tap into a greater version of themselves that they thought was even possible. Because I didn't know I had the possibility to be a a tech CEO and have all the success. Yeah. There was a limiting belief. There was a blockage in my mind.
0: Yeah. So I just love this story. I love Jelani's approach to mindset, using the power of the mind. It is just so important. So if you struggle with having a growth mindset, then I challenge you to do the inner work. Figure out why you have these limiting beliefs. Start addressing them. Do that mental shift. Remind yourself that you can learn anything. You can grow. You can improve. Get the support that you need. Seek resources and practical knowledge to help you achieve your goals. And just go for it. Believe in yourself and just remember that mindset is half the battle. All right, number two, pay attention to what you envy. In fact, there's a great quote by writer and psychotherapist Lori Gottlieb, Follow your envy. It shows you what you want. And this is just so true. Envy is wanting something that someone else has. And for much of my life, I didn't envy others. I was determined. I knew where I was going in life. I set goals, accomplished them, got the external validation, and was just really proud of myself. And I was proud of the life I was building until I wasn't. I noticed that I started to envy friends and peers who were building something based on their passions they were creating. One moment that crystallized this point for me was my good friend's venture. She saw a gap in the market and she created something she wished she had. She launched her venture in 2020 and I remember feeling happy for her, but also envious. Like, I see gaps in the market, I want to address it. In fact, I can do something like that. And I'll admit that I didn't love the feeling. It felt weird. I'd been so fortunate to move through much of my life, proud of my choices and excited about my direction in life. And when I'd see friends accomplish their goals, I'd reach out, I'd say congrats, so proud of you, and just really mean it. No envy, no competitive mindset. I knew how hard it could be to achieve your goals, so I just really respected it. So I was really confused when I found myself in a position where the feelings weren't all positive. How could I want something that someone else has? That's not me. It felt negative and bitter. But what I realized is that first, it's normal. Being envious is normal. It's a human emotion, feeling, and instead of feeling shame or guilty about it, I should pay attention to what it's telling me. And it's telling me that I want to create something and share it with the world. I want to build something. So 2020 is the year that I actually started working on the podcast, thinking of potential guests, the name, having calls with those in the podcast world. I started taking steps towards creation and that felt so good. And now I'm in a place where I genuinely feel happy for friends and peers pursuing their dreams and launching their own ventures without any envy. And I think that's because I'm excited about the direction I'm going in life. In fact, my cousin, Dupe Babatunde, the founder of Black Social, who came on the podcast earlier this year, she uses this exact language when she talked about her decision to start her business. I
2: think... You've probably heard this before. Life is too short. I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest. I think, especially in America's kids, we're kind of trained to go through, you know, elementary school, middle school, college, and then you get a job, right? And that's just what you're supposed to be doing. And so I think we get so caught up in this set life and set path that we don't really think about what we want all the time or not everyone does i think that's different for every culture and every ethnicity but i'm going to speak as a black woman like i did not necessarily grow up thinking like i can build an app or i can do a podcast like those weren't conversations we were having of course some of that's just they weren't available roles back then when i was young but i think for me what i realized and why it was important was i couldn't function anymore. like I wasn't the version of myself who was sassy and bossy and passionate about what I was doing and excited. It just felt like I was a shell of myself. And so now at least, even when I am doing my side hustle and Amazon, I'm excited about it. I did a pitch today for like a fund that I'm hoping to get for like 10K. And I was just, yeah, it was in the middle of my day and it was really hard, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm so glad that I'm getting to talk about my business and what I want to do. So for me, it's just become this, life is too short to not enjoy what you're doing. And that doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. doesn't mean I love every single day, but it just means that in my gut, in my heart, like if you ask me if I'm going in the direction that I want to be going, I can say yes, and I couldn't have done that before.
0: Yeah, so this really stuck with me. And my envy disappeared when I started to move towards the things that I wanted in my life, when I started to like the direction. So pay attention to what you envy and see how it can inspire positive change in your life. Now, there are some instances where you experience envy and the means for change are just out of your control, like landing the job you want. Getting enough funding for your business, getting into the grad school of your choice, traveling the world, having a baby, finding a life partner, if any of this is what you want, of course. But you get the point. Insert whatever desire you aim to achieve that involves many factors outside of your control. And in those instances, it's good to note that it is a desire and figure out small ways you can get closer to your goals. And that's where mindset comes into play. You can reframe and move forward with a positive mindset, a growth mindset, do your best not to compare yourself, limit social media consumption if you need to, and focus on what you can control to help you mitigate any envy that you might be experiencing in your life. And for other desires like pouring into your passions... You can just go for it. And sometimes it's not even tangible things. Maybe you envy someone's inner peace, optimism, and joy. Maybe you envy another person's discipline and focus. Whatever it is, pay attention to it, be specific about what you envy, and then take steps towards creating the life you want. Envy helped me identify and understand the parts of me that were dissatisfied, and it helped me take actionable steps to change this. Unsurprisingly, pouring into my passion for story and building out the podcast business was the solution, but I think more broadly, the solution was figuring out my purpose, which leads me to my third lesson, number three, find your purpose. So, this one is key to helping you lead a meaningful life, a successful life. For most of my life, I thought my purpose was to help people, which it technically is. I think we're all here to serve others in one way or another. But more recently, I've been able to identify the specific way that I like to help people by using my gifts and passion at the same time. And I think that's where the magic happens. In my legal career, I thought my pro bono work would be the work that would really light me up using my legal expertise to help those without the resources who are often from marginalized communities and get paid for it. I mean, that's why I went to law school. And while I did love this work, My husband noticed, and then I eventually noticed that I really enjoyed mentoring and advising other associates, leadership, DEI work, helping others succeed at work, helping others feel seen, valued, heard, and respected. This work often involves connection and the exchange of personal stories, and this theme also comes up in the podcast, helping others feel seen, heard, valued, and I think we all want this as humans. When I realized this commonality, it all clicked. Regardless of my job title, I want to do this work. It feels natural, and I'm excited about it. So if you're struggling to find your purpose in life, I suggest a few things. First, Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Just start to ask yourself some important questions. Why am I here? What kind of impact do I aim to have? How can I do it? What problems really bother me? How can I tackle those issues? Do I want to even try? How am I already making a positive impact on the lives of others? Ask your friends, your colleagues, your family. They may see things in you that you cannot see. And I know these are big questions, so give yourself grace because it will take time. It takes people years and years and years, but just even asking yourself these questions is going to be really helpful. And second, understand that there are different seasons in life. Your purpose might change depending on your circumstances. There are certain times in life where you might be leaning into your career, so your purpose may be largely defined by that. And then other times you're leaning into family, so it may be more defined by that. It could be completely separate from work and family. Perhaps it's related to volunteer work, religion, or faith. Maybe it's just getting yourself healthy. That can be both mental and physical, and you can have more than one purpose. I often ask guests about their career and life purpose, and they can be different or overlap. It is your life, you define it, and you can redefine it. And my dad's story is actually a beautiful reflection of this. I've watched my dad redefine his purpose over the years, and it's just been so inspiring. Before I was born, he made a career pivot to do work he felt called to do. He was working at a company, and he was making really good money, but he was so unhappy. He loved working with the youth, especially from underserved populations. And my grandpa, he was actually a teacher in East Los Angeles, and he did a lot of work in this area. And my dad said that he felt God was calling him to do similar work. So he had to answer this call. He said, it was really tough. He took a 50% pay cut. And when I was born, he took on two additional jobs to pay the bills so that my mom could stay home with me. He was working three jobs. And he'll admit that it was exhausting. (laughs) But he felt more fulfilled. He felt like his work had meaning and value and that he was playing to his strengths. He climbed the nonprofit ladder and became an executive director. And I watched my dad fulfill his purpose, which was honoring God, pouring into the youth, and provide for his family for all of my formative years. After nearly 30 years of doing this work, he had to redefine his purpose. There was a reorg and he lost his job and then he settled into part-time work and he was figuring out his next steps. But a greater purpose was awaiting him and that was to take care of my mom during her cancer journey. I grew up pretty traditional, so my dad, he took care of the bills and my mom took care of the home and they had a beautiful partnership and it worked well for them. But my dad, he just did not know anything about caregiving like friends. (laughs) It was bad, y'all. He did not know a lot of things, but (laughs) you know, it was so beautiful to see him really step into this role, to step into his purpose in this extremely difficult season in his life, and I just thought it was remarkable. I've always admired my dad, but witnessing this journey had an inexplicable impact on how I view him. It also had an impact on how I view myself. When I saw that, I was like, wait. I come from that like that is within me when life gets hard I'll show up just like my dad and after fulfilling this purpose and embarking on his journey of healing he's been thinking about his purpose in retirement he doesn't even really like the word he knows he wants to do something meaningful and I even bought him a book on life transitions to help him figure it out but I know he doesn't even need it because it will reveal itself And that's the thing about purpose. It always reveals itself. You just have to listen. You have to pay attention to your life. And you can live out your purpose in your life right now. You don't have to quit or change jobs. You don't have to start a business. You don't have to go on an international service trip. You don't have to dedicate your life full time to public service. Well, I mean, you can if you want, and that is admirable. So cheers to you if you want to do that. But I know... That a lot of us have responsibilities, people to take care of. We have bills that come every month. But what you can do is commit to one task that you can do each day that is aligned with your purpose. Those tasks, they turn into habits, and those habits become a reflection of who you are. And then before you know it, you're living in your purpose. Thank you for listening to another episode of No Straight Path, the highs, the lows, and the lessons learned. Remember to share the podcast with friends and family. And my hope is that these stories help you navigate your No Straight Path journey. If this content is adding value to your life, and I hope it is, please take a few minutes out of your day to rate the show and write a review. You can click the link in the show notes to write a review. It helps other listeners find the show, and I just really appreciate it. Have a lovely week, embrace the journey, and remember, You're not alone.